0: looking to live stronger longer and better then welcome to health by design hosted by leading healthy living expert and wellness architect Bohr alexander After years of traveling and studying around the world, Rohr combines his decades of Western health and fitness knowledge with the many time-driven traditions and secrets of the ancient East to bring you only the best in cutting-edge information and special guest interviews that will have you feeling great, losing weight, and finally grabbing a hold of everything you want out of life. So if you're ready to take control of your body, health, and mind, then it's time for Health by Design. Welcome everybody to the Health by Design podcast, a podcast for busy men and women 35 plus who are looking to lose weight and start living stronger, longer, and better, yet you wanna do that in easy and efficient and yet very effective ways. And that's really what we wanna do, isn't it? We wanna make sure that whatever we're doing we are living healthy, but we're doing it easily. Now, this podcast, like I always say, is not about reaching a six-pack. The, the, none, of the, none of the health by design stuff is about reaching that elusive six-pack, getting down those single-digit body fats, um, you know, really making sure that you're doing that where you're not eating particular food groups or training really hard. Again, you can get a six pack following my rules, but it's going to require significant amounts of work, dedication. And this isn't really what this podcast is about. What this podcast is about, it's about... Getting to and maintaining a healthy and what we could even consider a fit level of body fat for life. And really, for men, you're talking anywhere from that 9 to 18%, and women 20 to 30%. So, definitely not unrealistic. But besides that, it's not just about the look, but it's about, like I say, my, my tagline is living stronger, longer, and better, because that's kind of the, the way it works, really. It goes, you get stronger in. Everything, including your body, but your mindset. So, but let's just talk about body. Stronger body means you have that more muscle. More muscle is basically, muscle is the organ of longevity. And then as you get older and you have the more muscle and you have the movement because you've developed, you know, better movement patterns. You developed uh, better flexibility, better mobility you're going to live better into your older age because you're going to have the strength to do the things that you want to do. So that is what this podcast is about. And thanks for tuning in. If you've listened to this, I know you hear this intro every single time, but thanks for tuning in. Now today's episode is just a bunch of hacks really for eating less and feeling full. So that's the title of today's podcast is eat less, feel full. Now like always, if you know, you want to learn more about Stronger, Longer, Better, maybe you're interested in what I do in my coaching, you can visit my website at www.roaralexander.com VIP. And there you can just enter your email address and you will gain access. You'll be sent a link to my full Live Stronger, Longer, Better Today on Demand video masterclass. So you can check that out. And while you're there, you my website. If you're interested in coaching, you can also check out my programs. I have, uh, there's, there's a few programs to choose from, but my main three are my men over 40, which is called men's muscle and mind, the women's over 30, which is the women's turn back time. Or for those of you that really want to go holistic, you really want to go all in on your health and you want to tackle your health and basically what I call my all eight areas or the bagua of stronger, longer, better health by design. That is my Stronger, Longer, Better Total Reset, which was my, like I said, my most integrative program, and it's not for everybody, believe me, because it goes down some pretty deep rabbit holes. We don't get weird, we don't get too weird, but it's definitely, you're going to be tackling a lot more than just your nutrition, your fitness, and your movement. You're going to be, you know, like we said, I got Jason Mazik, my building biologist in there, and he comes in and he does his thing. Um, We get everybody, my entire health pro team involved in that, uh, especially if you're in the Vancouver area. If you're not in the Vancouver area, there's still quite a bit we can do in that program, and you will get some consultations with members of my pro team. But obviously, depending where you are in the world, uh, for instance, you can't, you know, Jason can't, might not be able to come to your house, but there's still stuff he can do with you um, via, you know, the, the interwebs. Uh, and obviously, you can't go see Peter, um, you know, my Texas can guy. Um, but, you know, we can still figure out a way for you to get that done. So all of my programs include live weekly one-on-one coaching calls, personalized fitness programs, Your best life, health, and fitness uh, PDF booklet. Many neat activities, many primes, building abs, nutritional guidance, along with uh, the help of my uh, nutritionist, um, who basically I get involved to back up. I basically design your nutrition programs, get her help, and then we go back and forth. uh, and We make sure that it's just really good for you. Masterclass videos, gender specific supplement guides, uh, specific lifestyle trackers to call my lats, uh, an online one on one sessions with yoga sessions with my wife, who happens to be a certified yoga teacher, founder of a Hina Yoga, and Thai body master teacher. Now, Here's the thing, though. If you're in the Vancouver area, I also offer my programs in a hybrid fashion, meaning live coaching sessions in your choice of online yoga sessions or in-person Thai bodywork sessions at my clinic here in Vancouver. So you can also visit my clinic. And then, so like I said, if you're in the area you're not going to get a li- uh, weekly coaching calls you're going to get weekly in-person sessions which is a lot of fun i really i really like that i really do like seeing people face to face in person you know getting into the gym with them getting them into the clinic and then of course hard copies are quite a bit of stuff that you know only get in uh, pdf form um and then you know You get email access to me the entire program. For instance, you don't know an exercise, ask me. You have a nutritional question, ask me. Supplement question, ask me. Uh, You want to get tips on developing a new habit, ask me. If I don't know, I will do my best to help you out, figure out the answer. And that is why I have a cutting-edge, probably one-of-a-kind, modern, really good health pro team made up of some really professional, really interesting individuals. So... You know, to do that, you can set up your free Skype call with me. Uh, we can do it through Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever, it doesn't really matter. The way you get that is just go to slash free call. There's some questions there at the bottom. Just fill that out and then we'll get right to it. So, saying that, guys, let's get on to today's episode, which I said earlier was called Eat Less, Feel Full. Because at the end of the day, and I've talked about this before, um, and you know, there's all these people out there trying to push their diets, push their you know keto, their carnivore, their vegan, there just just so many. And there's so many ridiculous ridiculous diets out there. But the diets that are lower in calories tend to be the best. You know, that's just that's just the way it goes. When you can follow a diet um, easily. Uh, without stressing yourself out. And it tends to be lower in calories. It doesn't matter. For instance, people who do low carb, they find the most of the weight is lost, the fat's lost because they've cut out entire food groups and their calories go down. Um, people who go carnivore, basically their calories go down because right? you're not eating the, you're not eating the cupcakes, you're not eating the pop-tarts, you're not eating the cereal, you're not eating the junk. You, if you're only eating say meat all day, you probably are going to eat less calories at the end of the day. Uh, same thing with a vegan, especially if you go healthy vegan, right? At the end of the day, you're still getting less calories. So all these restrictive diets are usually at, while they are restricting entire food groups, which is a bad thing they're also inadvertently restricting calories to a point. So I want to just really make that clear that the best diets at the end of the day, they've compared low fat and low carb. And as long as the protein is accounted for, because that's that's the key, right? The key seems to be this protein thing. Then both diets work just as well. So before we get on to all the little hacks and all the little tricks I've kind of learned that I share with my clients, I share on YouTube, I share on my Instagrams whatnot, um, I just want to go over a few things. For instance, the kids. So before we get to the hacks, number one is, like I said, protein. So right there, my first point. Protein. Make sure you are getting in enough protein because protein helps keep you full. It just helps with satiety and just helps make you keep full. And it's, you know, obviously it's there to help you build muscle as part of your immune system. Protein's so important. That's the one thing that most people don't get enough of. And it's hard. Like, you know, I'll have clients that say, okay, like I'll even give you my breakfast. My breakfast today was two eggs and three slices of bacon. So a lot of people say, well, that was really high in uh, protein. But it really wasn't. It was actually quite high in fat because the eggs have about five to six grams of protein um, but they also have about five to six grams of fat right so now the fat calories in an egg outweigh the protein calories and bacon significantly more than that so actually what I had was a high fat breakfast and kind of a moderate protein breakfast and then a uh, very low carbon actually I didn't have any toast today, and the reason why, because I do eat toast, I do like ours, but the reason today is my wife, lately, she's been making this really delicious Thai coffee called Cafe Brun, and if you know anything about kind of Southeast Asian coffees, like if you're in a Vietnam coffee or anything like that, they're very sweet. They use a lot of condensed milk. So I say, you know what? This, this coffee probably has the equivalent carbohydrates of one to two slices of bread in it. So we're going to pass on the the days I have my really sweet coffee. I will pass on the bread. Again, we're trading the calories, right? So that's what I do. And then I also will have a little bit of whey protein with some water to bring up the protein content, but without bringing up the, you know, the carbs or the fat content. So that allows me to get in a good shot of protein to balance out my breakfast without bringing in a ton of extra calories besides the calories that are just in the protein. So making sure that at every meal you guys are eating that you are getting in enough protein so at the end of the day, you're meeting your protein requirements, which is basically to make it easy, one gram per pound of lean body weight, specifically, and why I shouldn't say specifically, but especially important if you are weight training. I've talked on in other areas, I don't know if it's a podcast or videos or what, about this whole protein cancer thing that's going around right now. Um, but the way I explain it is uh, sort of the way that I heard also, and it made sense. This is the way I explained it. Then I heard Dr. Rhonda Patrick talking about it the same way. That there's a trade-off, right? When it comes to living longer, we know that muscle is the organ of longevity. Um, but we also there's also some links that a higher protein diet can increase the risk of cancer. But what it comes down to, what I always tell people, and what she kind of said, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I've been telling people all this time, except people know her a lot more than they know me. Is that, you know, you have to decide on the trade-off. And if you're weight training, you know, three, four days a week, or even a couple days a week, but you're weight training and you got your program on track, then getting in that protein is going to help you build the muscle. And your body is going to use it. As opposed to if you were just doing a lot, eating a lot of protein, let's say, but not weight training and not doing any resistance training, then that's probably not the best idea. So I would say to be on a high to moderate protein uh, diet. And not being physically active is probably not the best idea. In that case, I would say, well, you know what? You probably should think about cutting down on your protein. But if you are properly weight training, which all my clients do in my programs, then we go for that gram per pound, not much more than that. It's pretty straightforward. And people over 40, it's been shown, actually absorb less protein. So we need to make sure, especially guys and girls, if you're above 40, you really do need to get in that protein and you need to be weight training so you're utilizing that protein properly. So, protein is number one. Number two, fiber, right? We need to get in. Now, let me me check again what the general recommendations are for fiber for men and women. So, I think it's about 25 grams or so. Let's see. Yeah. So, total dietary fiber intake should be 25 to 30 grams a day from food, not from supplements. Uh, In the United States, the average person is getting about... 15 grams a day and I'd probably even say that's about that's probably even that's probably arguable um but anyways on average most people are getting in about half the recommended amount of protein and again sorry uh, fiber and again fiber you know internal cleanser got yeah, soluble insoluble but the long story short when it comes to what I'm talking about here is fiber again just helps you feel full so protein helps you feel full people don't get enough fiber helps you feel full people don't get enough so there's two big red flags already right so two of the biggest reasons a lot of people are just not feeling full or kind of overeating because they're overeating all those high calorie things that don't make you feel full not eating the things that do make you feel full now next one And this is a good possibility is that you're in this, you know, is your meals are just not big enough. A lot of people try to do these, you know, five, six, seven small meals a day. You don't need to do that. Really, three meals a day. Have a decent size. I would even say a big breakfast and a big lunch as long as you're staying within your calories for the day. I want to make that very clear. And then a small to moderate dinner. Is really the recipe for success, but people have these tiny little breakfasts, and then like two hours later they're hungry, right? So then they have a snack, and then they have this, you know, the kind of lame lunch, and then you know around three o'clock they're hungry, so they have another snack, and then dinner is usually f- fairly large, but just don't just make sure your meals are big enough. Make sure they're healthy, good foods, good whole foods, and uh, make sure they're big enough. You shouldn't feel full. If, when I eat breakfast, I'm good for like four or five hours easily. Um, so there you go. So that's breakfast. Now water, make sure you are drinking your water, right? Again, just begin to make it simple. Drinking water makes you feel full. Now saying that quite a bit of evidence shows that you probably shouldn't drink water with your meals just because it can dilute the digestive acids in your stomach so you may not want to drink water with your meals but drinking water throughout the day is probably a good idea and there's different little tricks and I'll talk about that as we get to it um, that you can do if you're not, really not a big water person and then the last one that I want to touch on before we get into all the little hacks is just bored being bored or just bad eating habits and I would say Boredom is probably one of the big ones, but also cues. Like, do you tend to sit down maybe at night around seven, eight o'clock? You sit down. You want to watch a movie or something. You want to watch some Netflix before, uh, you know, before you're getting ready to go to bed, where you're kind of resting for the night, and you just have that this need to. There's almost like the cue. The movie starts. You hear that Netflix, ba-bum. and then you're like, oh yeah, I, I could go for some ice cream. I go for some cookies. So. Eating when you're bored, bad habit. Try to figure out something else. Like what it works for me is if sometimes when I get bored, if I get in one of these moods, or I'm just like, hey, I want to, i kind of craving a cookie right now. What I'll do is I'll just get on the floor and just do a few sit-ups. It's amazing, but it, it, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing in a way. But for me being healthy is really connected to physical activity that's like a lot of it and a lot of people like that you know when we get sick we tend to overeat a lot because we're not active because we're kind of bored so we supplement in our you know, boredom with food we're all we're not active so I might as well eat crappy food so it's not really good but at the same time it's not super destructive I think I can get over it. it's not the end of the world for me so I'll sit down and I'll just do a few few crunches or just a little bit of flexibility and literally Two minutes worth, and then I'm good, and I'm like, hey, I feel pretty good. I got the abs kind of firing, and I'm like, I don't really need that junk food now because I know that those extra bad calories will cover up, you know, they'll cover up and the, the the you know what the work I just did. So even though I didn't really do a lot of work, but you know, you get the idea, right? So that's kind of a few big things. So uh, what do we said? Fiber, just to recap: fiber, meals not big enough, protein, water, and. Just really paying attention to your bad eating habits. And a big one of those is usually boredom. So now I'm going to go through a whole bunch of little tricks. uh, And and basically tips that I give my clients. Some of them are the bigger tips. Some of them are just little hacks. Some of them even might come across as kind of silly. But just, just try them. It doesn't hurt to try them. So no liquid calories. Literally... Studies have shown one of the biggest issues we face today when it comes to calories is liquid calories. I am not a fan in any way of liquid calories, and that even goes for smoothies. Now, I do want to say this about smoothies. If you measure out your smoothie, you measure out the ingredients in it, then they can be helpful, especially if you add some fiber into it and some protein, particularly the fiber. So I will have some psyllium fiber in my protein shakes, which just gives the protein shake or the smoothie itself more bulk, just makes you feel full. psyllium fiber is basically basically, I think it's also like 10 to 15 times its weight in water. So basically, a tablespoon will turn into like a cup of gel. But a lot of people when they're having a smoothie, they just put in a lot more than they would realistically eat because it's so easy to drink down. Like you could throw in a you know a handful of berries, a handful of blueberries, handful of strawberries, throw in a banana, throw you know, people throw in half an avocado, they'll just throw in the dump in a cup and a half of milk, scoop of protein powder. The store I used to work at many, many moons ago, uh, called Body Energy Club here an ice cream scooper full of peanut butter right like a serving of peanut butter is like round a teaspoon to a tablespoon and they would use an ice cream scooper more than you would ever put on toast or anything like that but again you could just suck that down right people would go go double the you know double the peanut butter and they're like what so they would put in literally three to four times what you would eat if you were eating that that's like literally like get that would be a lot of fruit and peanut butter and, and just nutri, just calories to eat in one shot but when you put it into a smoothie it's really easy to do it so keep an eye when you measure when you're making smoothies really measure out your ingredients and have a plan first right and keep those nutrient dense but calorie light so that's what i'm gonna say about that and then of course avoiding any of those sugary drinks all those lattes you know try to just talk about this uh, i believe in past episodes as well you know when i was in high school i was the uh you know the triple triple coffee guy Uh, by the way if i guess if you're not in canada triple triple just means three sugar three cream Uh, then you got double double which i cut down to which was two milk two cream then what I did is I went through kind of that bodybuilding sort of phys, physical phase. Um, you know, when you're in your 20s, you don't really care. And you kind of did, I did cream with Splenda, you know, with artificial sweeteners. Uh, and eventually I cut down to just cream. Then I even got into milk for a while. It was just milk. Tried to get into black, just didn't really work. I do do black now, but I, it's, it's in a different aspect. Um, I use it just as a uh pre-workout and i don't it's not like i really enjoy it i just use it like instead of a as a pre-workout instead of getting into those lame supplements um and then but basically nowadays my coffee is just a black with one or two creams depending on the size of the coffee so really cut back in my cows um like i said i did go to milk i just i wasn't enjoying it so i brought i brought the. The cream back, so sue me, but still, I rarely ever get mochas, rarely ever get hot chocolates, um, even alcohol, rarely get into it. Which I will, I believe, I touch on that a little bit as I get down here to at some point. Uh, I might not actually, now that I'm looking at it. So, let me talk about alcohol for a minute, actually, because actually, that's not on here. So, alcohol, I enjoy a glass of red wine, I like the taste of red wine, but again. You know, there is a significant amount of little calories in red wine, not to mention the alcohol, you know, shuts down the fat-burning capacity, so you burn less fat because your body's burning the alcohol. But let's just, let's just say, just for instance, calories in wine. There we go. Um, so, 24 calories in one ounce of wine. Uh, how many calories are in, how many ounces are in a typical glass of wine? ounce of wine in a glass i don't really know uh let's see what is a standard wine pour? okay oh five 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 ounces so that's about 125 125 calories in a glass of standard red wine so like i said i enjoy red wine and the wife enjoys wine but what we do again to cut down on the calories is i make Wine spritzers, and eventually, when we get our uh, retreat going in Thailand, where we 're going to be teaching um, fitness courses health course, courses uh, yoga and Thai massage um, we 're not going to be your typical yoga place though at the same time uh, and this guy'm going kind of you might be where where the hell is he going with this yoga stuff but we do have a goal to open a retreat to come and learn yoga and Thai massage in Thailand as well as some fitnessy stuff that I have planned for myself. Um and but like I said we're not we're not going to be like one of these vegan places it's going to be traditional Thai food which is going to involve seafood pork all that sort of stuff because like I said it's it's a different kind of yoga we're going to be basically giving people um advanced certifications in but we'll have alcohol there too but we're going to be really focusing on wine spritzers because again you're coming to our retreat at some point to learn habits to help you stay healthy back at home and one of the things is going to be how to eat less calories and still feel full. So, But we do a lot of wine spritzes. So basically what that is, it's about two ounces. I do only between one, maybe maybe probably closer to two ounces of red wine and an entire can of soda water. I still get that red wine flavor. It's a huge glass, so lots of liquid. I'm getting lots of hydration because I got basically that full can of soda water in there. And it just makes me feel, hey, I feel like I drank a glass of red wine. Uh, yet it's only got about what, about 48 to 50 calories in there. So cut literally one third of the calories. Um, not to mention the extra bit of water. So that is how you can, you know, that's basically liquid calories. Now, you can uh, some of these tips, like I said, are going to be coming. Like, might be you might make me sick. They're kind of silly, but try eating next time with your left hand. Try using your left hand to eat. It's going to feel awkward and it's going to make you eat slower. And there is, you know, you've heard that, I'm sure you've heard about it by now, that when you, we just tend to eat fast. So by eating slower, it gives that brain, stomach time signal that you are not quite as full. So try that next time. Uh, fasting. You can always try to do some fasting, particularly intermittent fasting in the... And I like it in the circadian rhythm style. So trying not to eat two to three hours before bed. So that's a really good way. If you can try to really manage to support circadian rhythm fasting, which is basically not eating three hours before bed. That's a good way to start cutting out those after dinner Meals, Not eating, like I said earlier, those, those cookies or that ice cream or those little candies during your 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Netflix-a-thons. So I'm not a big fan of focusing on fasting for calorie restriction, but if you can get yourself into a good routine when it comes to eating, having your breakfast, your lunch, and you know, a smaller, earlier dinner, and you got in those bigger meals, like I said at the end of the day, it could be a way to, you know, eat less. So I, I do I do support it. I try to do that myself. The next one is focusing on having soup, particularly broth soups with meals if you can. Now, when I lived in Asia, every we go for and every time we go out for Thai food or Vietnamese food or even sushi things like that, right? We get the miso soup, we get the, the the broth soups. Water based soups have very few calories in them, and they do make you feel full because that liquid helps you feel full. So start getting into more broth-based and water-based soups when you can. One of the little hacks we do is when we go out for Vietnamese food, we have this one place that we like to go. And we tell them, they, they, they know us now because I think we're the only ones that do it. Because we've only done it a few times, yet they, they memorize it really quickly. So it brings me to, okay, we're those weird ones that they know, what, they know who we are exactly. Because we only go there like once every two weeks. And we get the uh, Vietnamese soup, the pho, and we tell them we'd like half the noodles and triple the sprouts. So when they because there can be quite a lot of rice noodles in, in, in any kind of Vietnamese soup, any kind of merely Asian soup, but Vietnamese soup especially. So they only put in about half the noodles and they bring us this huge plate of sprouts and we replace the noodles with the sprouts. So a great way, again, to cut down on those calories. Now, you can also look for lower alternative um, ingredients. For instance, I like pasta. I do. But I don't eat a lot of spaghetti just because I find it's just not that filling It's so easy for me to eat a huge bowl of pasta. So what I did is I started looking around for alternatives that I could either use entirely as a replacement or mix in with regular pasta. And one of the things I found is there's bean or edamame pastas, which are very high protein. Uh, and yet very much of a lower carb, very high fiber, high protein, and the calories are quite a bit lower. At the same time, there's also konjac noodles, which is actually almost a full fiber, almost five calories in a serving noodle, which is almost all fiber. So you can have the bean or edamame or even the um, konjac noodles. On their own, instead of the regular pasta, or you can do say 50% your regular, and I and I use regular, you know, whole grain, you know, whole wheat, whole grain pasta, and mix in some edamame or bean to make up the difference. Uh, another ide- idea uh, behind that is another one that I've been doing, and especially lately, I'm going to be really focusing on these um, low cal fusion mixes. So we'll call that new- noodle fusion. Uh, another option right is you've put you may have heard of this one the mashed cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes so you get some cauliflower you steam it you mash it up you throw in some garlic you throw in your salt you throw in some spices uh, it's a really good replacement for mashed potatoes another one especially that I'm trying to get the wife into because we eat a lot of rice here is cauliflowered rice mixed in with the regular rice so that's what I'm really trying to get into and. Excuse me, I'm really trying to get her into that one. So again, look for lower-calorie ops that you can mix in that can replace maybe 25, 50, or even, even more percent of the higher-calorie um, in normal ingredients. Now, talking about pasta, you can also use, say, like a marinara sauce. A homemade or a chunky marinara sauce over canned sauces. Just big chunks of tomato, chunks of onion, chunks of peppers. These have half to even less the calories than just eating these like canned, thicker sauces. And you still get tons of flavor in those. So I'm a big fan. I've been experimenting a lot with marinara options. And I'm going to be doing a lot of Instagrams as I experiment with making different marinaras and different lower calorie um options for pastas and things like that for instance i have this uh instead of using barbecue sauce i use this jamaican jerk sauce which basically says it only has like five calories per serving it's like it's a crazy little bit but i looked at it it's basically just spices of vinegar Um, i think i don't even know if there was sugar in it or sugar is really far down the list but the main ingredients were just basically spices and vinegar so, again, tons of flavor. It gives you that real barbecuey, spicy flavor, but with a lot less calories than in even just a basic barbecue sauce. Now, the next one is, of course, it's a little more psychology side, but just being mindful of when you're eating. So, when you're eating, avoid distractions, don't have the TV on, eat with other people. Okay, enjoy your meals with your family or whatever. In Asia, you would be hard-pressed to find anybody eating alone. Almost every meal is shared with somebody. And in the sharing, they share from the plates. You just end up eating less food because you have three, two, three, four people eating versus having all these big separate plates that are just full of food for yourself. But let's say, let's just say you're by yourself, especially nowadays. you probably There's a good chance you could be by yourself. Just turn off the TV, be mindful, try eating with that left hand and just focus on your meals. Try what is it that say that 20 to 30 bites per bite or whatever? Just roll the food around on your tongue, taste the food, chew it. I'm really bad at this. I'm always getting yelled at about eating too fast. So just try to savor every bite you take and try to just You know, try to taste the flavors even in the most bland food. So just be really mindful of what you're eating. Now, we're getting back to water. And when it comes to water, like I said, if you don't like drinking water, there's a few catches. Number, the the catches, a few tricks you can do. Number one, try flavoring your water with something natural. When I was living in Indonesia, we used to go, We, used, when I was teaching uh, CrossFit downstairs, we used to come up to the restaurant above and we would get this delicious cold bottled water. And inside of it, they had fresh cucumber and fresh mint. Absolutely delicious. You can get pictures at, you know, even at the dollar stores. They sell glass pictures with a little plastic basket, whatever. Throw in some berries, throw in some orange, throw in some cucumber, and just start making flavored spa waters. Another option is soda water. I drink a lot of soda water and I really do enjoy soda water. So there's different ways you can flavor up your water. Try some herbal teas like peppermint teas and stuff like that. You can add a little, maybe some in your soda water. You can add some drops as long as you know they're good quality essential oils. You can make your own basically, you know, soda pop, but without any crap in it and actually using just really healthy essential oils. By now I'm sure you've all heard of the amazing benefits of hitting the sauna at least a couple times per week. From decreasing chronic stress, boosting muscle, increasing deep tissue and brain detoxification, improving sleep, relieving pain, and even helping you live longer. And that is quite the list and that's not even close to all the benefits. But there are huge differences in the quality of infrared saunas. Differences that can literally make the difference between getting healthier or getting sicker. I mean, do you really think you can hop onto Alibaba and order some cheap sauna from some untraceable factory in China and expect it to be solid quality? I think we all know the answer to that by now. And this is why I suggest investing in only the best infrared sauna money can buy. And these are Radiant Health Saunas, a trusted Western Canadian home sauna brand. Founder Randy Gom has completed third-party comprehensive 100-point health testing on his saunas, covering everything from toxic chemicals and fumes to electronic radiations. He has even made sure there is zero off-gassing, zero toxins, equal heat distribution, and uses only pure Canadian hemlock wood with the absolute lowest near-zero EMFs possible. Clean, even heat, no toxins, nearly zero EMFs and the one- and two-person models can be plugged right into your existing home wall outlets. Cost about only 40 cents to run for an entire hour, and there's a model to fit any size space you currently have. Believe me, I did a lot of research into choosing the best infrared saunas for my clients, myself, and my family and Radiant Health Saunas is the clear winner bar none. And this is one of the best investments you can make to your long-term health. Check them out at www.radianthealthsaunas.com and then once you know which model you want, simply tell them Roar Alexander from the Health by Design podcast sent you and you will save $500 off any wooden model. Yes, you heard me right, $500 off any wooden model of their top quality infrared saunas. And now with that said, let's get back to health by design. All right. So the next one is having set meal times. Again, this is going to come down to planning. There's an old saying that I I love. It used to be even back in the 90s, early 90s, I had this up on my office wall when I worked at Good Life Gym. And it said, what what did it say now? Failing to plan is planning to fail. So just have set meal times. Take the time to make breakfast. Now, I'm going to give you a little hint, right? Breakfast doesn't have to be breakfast foods, okay? got that out of your goddamn head, you fucking Western people, okay? When I lived in Asia, you would eat fish for breakfast. You would have spicy pork with basil and hot chilies for breakfast. So eat leftover dinner last night for breakfast. You know, have a slow cooker cooking with some a steak in it, some vegetables overnight if you need to. But have some set meal times. It's really that easy. You have your set breakfast, your set lunch, and your set dinner as much as you can. It's gonna help you so much. Now, I'd mentioned this before, but it goes, you know, tracking stress and hunger triggers. Like I said, I was talking about the very beginning. Mine is around 8 p.m., and it's kind of that boredom. We're sitting down, we're relaxed. It's partially relaxed, so you're you kind of let go of your defenses and you're relaxed. So all of a sudden, that willpower starts to go out the door, it starts to fade off at the end of the day. Oh, that little one cookie won't hurt. Oh, I was really good today. You know, a little bowl of ice cream is not going to hurt, and part of it's boredom. You know, we're probably just sitting around watching reruns of Two Broke Girls. And I love Two Broke Girls. But again, we've probably seen it. I think we've watched that series like three times now. So we just put it on because we don't really care why we talk. You know what? So boredom is a big part of it. And like I said, the willpower tends to come down at night. So track that, track those cues and also track stress. If you are a stress eater, I know I am then it's really important that you get a hold of your stress because stress will trigger quite often hunger. My next tip is eat spicy foods. Get to love hot sauces and get to love even whole spices even more. Get to love just crushed chili peppers. Get to love cayenne powder, right? Um, spicy foods make you feel full you eat less you know especially when that mouth's on fire you just tend to eat less but they are great at making you feel full and they even boost your metabolism to a point so luckily you guys know me i have a thai wife all we do is eat spicy in fact it's almost kind of ruined food for me in a way because like i used to really enjoy you know thanksgiving christmas turkey dinners I can't do them anymore. It's just, I find them boring and bland. Turkey is just bland. Turkey, there's stuffing bland. Like for me, for us, it's like our, our new Christmas dinner is a, a Thai chicken filled with lemongrass and garlic. And it's packed with all these like Thai spices. And then we have really spicy foods to go with it and some sticky rice. That is my new Thanksgiving dinner. Right? So, Spicy foods are great. I even mix cayenne into my coffee in the mornings. So, And with a little bit of cocoa powder, making a really kind of healthy version of the Mexican mocha. So try to get into spice foods. Start with a little bit. Start with something lighter. You know, just some basically Frank's hot sauce or whatever you can get. Um, And then learn as much as you can about spices. A really good book is Spice by Dr. Stuart uh, you know what I can't even remember his name right now I'll go to my Instagram I'll post a picture of it there um Instagram it's just Roar Alexander Dr. Stuart Fairmont Dr. Stuart Fairmont um so now I'm not going to post it anymore and his book is just called Spice and it's a whole book on the history of spices but also what how spices work together and how to use spices for cooking so it's basically a textbook on how to use spices and how to start adding spices into your life so definitely check out that book probably one of the best investment books i've ever made it actually stays on display in my kitchen at all times now if you are going to be snacking uh and you know and this is something that i'm really doing a lot of work into lately is a i'm trying to cut out the snacking because like i told even when i tell my clients and myself snacking you know we're not five years old we don't need snacks um but try to find low calorie snacks you know for instance I'll have some carrots and with some hummus or even I bought this, um, it's called Thai Nutty Dip the other day. it was uh, I, I compared, I went to all the different dips and I compared the calories and everything on the back and it was quite low. And I'll have cucumber, uh, carrots, celery with a little bit of this dip. Some hummus is great. Sometimes for a snack for us here, is actually a shrimp rings. We'll just me and the wife like to share those little shrimp rings. So, high protein, basically nothing else in it. So, start looking for different low calorie snacks that you really enjoy. But I would say try to figure out the reason why why, why are you snacking? What what's leading to the snacking? Maybe your dinner wasn't big enough and that's why you feel you need to snack. Is it boredom why you need to snack? So, again, I'm not a big fan of snacking, but if you are going to do it, there are definitely some better, lower calorie options. And if you get some lower calorie, but maybe a little bit higher protein and higher fiber options, all the better. Next one is when you're cooking. You know, stop adding fats. You don't need to add fats to everything you cook. People are obsessed with adding fat. I can blame it on the freaking biohackers. What's that guy's name? Bulletproof guy. Adding fucking fat in your coffee. Stupidest thing ever. Okay? You don't need to add fat. So. One tablespoon of coconut oil has a hundred and seventeen calories. So here you are. You gotta go mold. you're gonna go fry your eggs, you dump in, you know. Most people don't measure it out, they just throw in a that spoonful of coconut oil in there or whatever oil it is you're using. You don't need it. You get yourself a decent, healthy something like a rock, you know, or ceramic nonstick pan. Have a little bit of water. Now, if you want to get one of those little pumps with a little bit of spray oil that's gonna spray like half a teaspoon worth on that pan. But you could just use water, right? And then you can add things like salt, pepper, vinegar, add spices, right? So you, don't, you can stop adding fats and start adding things onto your foods. Like if you want to add cheese, the cheese. just start adding lower calorie. And like I said, the vinegars, the spices are great to add on top of that without adding only like high fat foods, but also cooking with fats. You just really you don't need a lot. There's a lot that just water can do. Speaking of things like that, flavor foolers, right? Things like cinnamon. Cinnamon makes food taste sweet but without the sugar in it. Brewers' yeast, really high in B vitamins, has a cheesy flavor. I use Greek yogurt instead of sour cream. I have a principle that I call shift which is spices herbs infusions fragrance and taste. So basically what that is I teach people about hey let's try to get using more spices more herbs. So it's almost everything I've talked about to this point infusions. What's an infusion? Well, infusion is like I said those flavored waters. Uh adding maybe some pandan or the other day we had what do we have? We had uh, turmeric powder, turmeric powder in our rice. So the wife makes these really good infusion rices. You can do infusion um, mashed cauliflowers, infusion mashed potatoes if you want, whatever it is. Try to get more infusion, try adding some foods with some fragrance in them, right? So they call it like fragrant rice, you know, where we add the pandan and it just makes it so good. And then taste is the, the tea is the taste, right? So just trying to get in more low calorie taste. But Look for flavor foolers or things that, like I said, breweries, the breweries is a great example, basically no calories and high in vitamins and has a real cheesy flavor. So I use that. I sprinkle it on top of my salads. I sprinkle it on top of my tacos instead of using cheese. Another one, like I said, is Greek yogurt, really high protein. Uh, It's got the probiotics in it. I use that instead of just some crappy sour cream earlier. I brought this up. Um, but this is a little bit different. When you are making meat, like steaks and stuff, instead of covering them in barbecue sauces, start marinating your meats instead. Marination has like a tenth of the calories in it because it soaks, but you're not putting most of it on there. So we have this delicious chicken teriyaki. So the wife, instead of just having chicken in the covering and then covering it in like this really thick, you know, t- t- um, what is it, called? what did I just say? T- teriyaki sauce. We just let it soak in this kind of really watery teriyaki um, liquid and then she throws in the, the, the fryer, the air fryer there and it still comes out with that teriyaki flavor but with a lot less calories. The next one, I've talked about this a lot of times, using smaller plates. Now, this is another one that's really interesting is the color of the plates could even matter and I'm just gonna, I'll give you an example. So, Let's say you are having um, spaghetti, typical spaghetti, red sauce, spaghetti dinner, and you're using a red plate versus, say, using an opposite colored plate, maybe a white plate or yellow plate, something like that. People will unconsciously, when you're having the red plate with the red sauce, they'll put more on because when it goes on that kind of the plate of the opposite color or the opposite brightness that you will see oh there's there's food on this plate and some subconsciously you can see the space that that food takes on the plate where on the red it blends together so people tend to put more on so using smaller plates but also be aware of the color of your plates now without getting deep in the color i think the smaller ones is just easier to do smaller cups smaller plates in asia we tend to eat Most of our dinners were on 9-inch plates. Where here in North America, they tend to be on 11-inch plates. So that's a really simple one. Even smaller coffee cups. For me, going to to the coffee shop, it used to be normal to get a medium or or sorry, large. Even medium, large, and extra-large coffees were normal. When I traveled through Asia and India, your coffee would be like the size of a Dixie cup. So I just got used to smaller coffees. Now I just order a small coffee. So that's it. So I've just cut down on my calories by just having smaller serving sizes, period. Which kind of brings me into portion control. This is my last tip. Learn about proper portion control. And I have a great video on um, YouTube that you can find. And it's about how I tweaked a Indian tali plate, which is a plate that they tend to serve food on in India except I use it to teach clients how to portion out their food. So there's this really big, it's got all these different kind of, I don't know what we would call them, spaces on it or indentations. The biggest one is where you put your leafy, low-calorie, low, low high-nutrient, low-density uh, foods, like your leafy greens. Beside that's your little square. That's where your meat would go. Then there's three little spaces. So the little one off to the side, that's maybe where your gravy, your sauce, your little condiments go as long as they fit in that little space. Besides that, it's your vegetable. Besides that, your carbohydrate. Just learn what a proper serving size is and learn about calorie control. So that's it, guys. That is basically what I have. So if you need to, go read this over again, but start trying some of these tips. Let me know what you think. And until next time, I'm here as always to help you live stronger, longer, and of course, a heck of a lot better. Hey, Health By Designers, if you're looking to start living stronger, longer, and better today, and why wouldn't you be, then make sure to check out my all-new, on-demand Live Stronger, Longer, Better Today Masterclass, packed with the same must-know topics and information I guide all my coaching clients with to reach their personal health, fitness, and even life goals. It's 100% free, doesn't require any software, no logins to remember, and doesn't force you to choose a time or anything like that. Just watch it when you want, how you want. To get it, simply visit my website at www.roaralexander.com slash VIP, and I hope you enjoy the masterclass. And now, let's get on to this week's episode of Health by Design.